Alright everyone, welcome back to what is now episode 5 of the Low Side Podcast. Uh, first and foremost, if you've listened to the first four, um, thank you. For me, it's been a pleasure to connect with uh, people I do know and some people that I, I haven't met before on this podcast. I talk about a lot of things, um, golf being a small part of it, but always being the channel that you know, enables the conversation. Uh, it's allowed me to meet some interesting people and to have some interesting conversations with those people. My guest this week is Kevin Enser. Uh, Kevin Enser is a professional caddy on both the web.com and PGA Tour. Uh, he's caddied for guys like Andrew Landry, uh, Andrew Loop, Go Tigers, and Will Wilcox. Uh, really good dude, really interesting guys from small town Kentucky uh, in the interview. Literally wouldn't even say the town he was from because uh, he didn't think anybody listening would know where it was. So um, has an, a passion for golf and a love for the game and turned it into a career. And it's led him all over the world and all over the country. Um, and, and more than, you know, caddying and being around the game of golf, he's a professional traveler. So uh, we have a, a fun conversation. As anyone who knows me knows, I have a, a very deep passion for traveling and going to places I've never been. We have a very fun conversation about some of the places he's visited, um, how he goes about getting there, and what his thoughts are on some of those places. So this conversation is really fun um, because, like I said, it, it's somebody I had not yet met before, uh, but somebody with some really interesting insight into the day-to-day and the grind that is the PGA and the web.com tour. I think if you're a golf fan, I think if you're a fan of travel uh, or if you're a fan of people with interesting stories, you will be intrigued by Kevin Enser's interview. So uh, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, like I said, this is number five already. Um, when I started this thing, I wasn't sure where it would go or what it would lead to. Uh, I just knew I wanted to stay consistent with it. So, uh, here's to number five and, uh, hopefully many more. Uh, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Kevin Enser from, uh, middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Thanks. Bye. Good deal, man. I guess the easiest way to start, uh, you and I don't know each other at all. Um, where are you from originally? I'm from, uh, well, originally, you know, I always tell people I'm from Lexington, Kentucky, but I'm actually from kind of, uh, you could almost call it southeastern Kentucky. It's way out in the woods. Um, you know, very few people know about it. So, but I always tell people Lexington, Kentucky. So, are you a Kentucky Wildcat fan? Yeah, big time. You know, uh, if you're from Kentucky, you know, it's probably 90% Kentucky uh, Wildcat fans and the other 10% are, you know, Louisville fans. So, but I definitely, uh, you know, rock the Kentucky Blue. I'm an LSU guy, so uh, we can't really compete with you all on a basketball court, and it's kind of vice versa <laughs> on a football field. So, yeah, right. You know, I, I love LSU. You know, one of the guys I caddy for was Andrew Loop, and he's, you know, LSU through and through. So, um, LSU is a good program, and I got a lot of you know friends from LSU. So, uh, it's a good program. Absolutely. So, t- speaking of caddying. Um, how did you even get started in all that? Yeah, you know, it's a, that's a question I get asked all the time. Um, you know, I wish it was a, a simple answer, but 
you know, it's kind of a long story. You know, I could give you a short version of it or, a, you know, the long story. I think the long one's more interesting. Okay. Um, well, I was working at a, uh, a really nice restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky, and, uh, and also working at UPS at the time, kind of going down a different career path. And uh, my GM at the time at the restaurant, you know, we were big into golf. I played golf my whole life growing up, and uh, he was a big golfer, too. And, you know, he was kind of a big fantasy sports guy on it. But, you know, he's like, one day he asked me, he's like, why don't you try to caddy? And, uh, you know, I never really thought about it. You know, it's such a tough thing to get into. But, you know, I decided that I was going to give it a try. And, um, you know, I was living in a, you know, a nice one-bedroom apartment at the time. And, uh, you know, so I moved out of that, moved in with a couple of buddies to cut, you know, my cost. Um, and the restaurant was really good about, you know, giving me free time to travel. So um, I think the first time I ever caddied was in, uh, it was a U.S. Open local qualifier in Lexington, Kentucky uh, for Peyton Johnson. I'm pretty sure that was his name. And, uh, you know, I went out there just to try to, you know, get my feet wet and I was going to do it for free, but, um, you know, he, he picked me up at the last minute and uh, I was just happy just to get the chance to caddy. So I told him I would do it for free for him, but he ended up giving me 50 bucks. You know, I was super happy to make 50, you know, $50 to caddy. So started there and then I did a, a Hooters event, uh, in Georgetown, Kentucky, uh, picked up a guy in the parking lot. Um, we didn't, we didn't do any good, but, you know, just getting that experience was, you know, huge. And then, um, the first time I, I went out, you know, to travel to caddy was, uh, I did a web.com event in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, um, I was in Kentucky at the time. And I, I think I drove, I left Lexington at like 11 PM that night I drove down to Raleigh, got there for the Monday qualifier, picked up a bag there. We missed. Then I drove an hour to the golf course and just kind of hung out in the parking lot asking every golfer, you know, uh, if they needed a caddy. And, uh, you know, I got a hundred no's. It, you know, it, it sucked. You know, everybody telling you no, no. But eventually, you know, you get that one yes, and uh, I did. And, you know, we caddied. We missed the cut. But, you know, that's kind of what jump-started. And I was able to make a little bit of money and uh, travel to the next event. So that's kind of how it all got started. So there, it sounds like there's no secret. It's just getting out there and kind of being gritty and putting yourself out there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if, you know, most of the guys uh, who caddy uh, these days, you know, they're either, you know, best friends with the player or it's his brother or, you know, something like that. You know, it's it's pretty rare these days for somebody just to go out you know, work the parking lot and, and actually get a bag and, you know, try to make a career out of, career out of it. You know, it, it was much easier to do that 10, 15 years ago, but today, you know, it's so hard. So I think I got in at a good time rather than like kind of when that was getting, you know, when did you get, to do. When did you get started? Do you remember? Uh, I've been catting for seven years. So I guess, what was that, uh, 2010? Gotcha. Um, one of the things that stood out to me, and I've you said it, and I've heard players say it, and I've heard other caddies say it, um, is we. Everything was we. We missed the cut. We made the cut. This or that. How much of a of a you know relationship and and business and game management and psychology relationship is it? Uh, well, you definitely have to have to have a good relationship with you know the guy you're caddying for. Um, 
but you know that the golfers are hitting the shots it's they're making the putts you know i I always say we when we don't do good, but when we play well, it's always him. You know, the easiest day I'll ever have caddying, you know, is when when my players, you know, striping it and hitting it close to the pin. And, you know, it's the easiest, you know, 62s and 63s are the easiest days you'll ever have caddying. You know, it's the 74s, 75s, you know, stuff like that are, are really tough. But, uh, yeah, if if we play good, it, you know, it's absolutely all on him. Uh, he's hitting the shots. He's making the putts. But, you know, if we play that, I, I think it's on both of us. Gotcha. Um, what? So you talk about when those guys are striping it, you get a front row seat. What's the biggest kind of difference or thing that you take away after watching the pros play versus when you see good amateurs or just regular amateurs play? Oh, man, it's it's not even close. Uh, I, I think it's great. I can sit on the range and and just watch these professionals hit golf shots, and it's amazing how good these guys are compared to amateurs. Um, even when the pros are playing bad, like they're still a hundred times, you know, hundred times better than most amateurs. So, uh, it, you know, it's exciting to uh, get to watch you know good golf all the time. Even when the the pros aren't playing that well, they, I mean, they still hit some incredible shots. Do you have a favorite course um, that you've got to walk? Yeah, Pebble Beach, man. I, I love it. It's Pebble, uh, The whole Monterey Peninsula is probably my favorite place in the world I've been. Um, Pebble is, you know, it's it's a special place for me. I think I've been four times, and, you know, every time it, it gets better and better. That's awesome. Um, I guess the next question I have, you, you mentioned being a golfer and, and being a fan of golf even before you were a caddy, and how did you get started in the game? Um... It was my, I was in, I really didn't, I always had an interest in golf, but I never really picked it up until eighth grade. Uh, and my eighth grade history teacher, I think he taught history, but, um, I, you know, I lived in a small town. He's like, you know, once you come out and play golf with me, I was like, yeah, I'll come out. And, you know, the first time I really played, I met him on the course and, uh, and I hit a couple, you know, a few good shots, you know, and they say in golf, you know, it's always uh, that one or two shots that keep you coming back. But then, you know, ever since eighth grade, man, I played every single day and I lived close to the course growing up. So, you know, I was playing 36 holes a day, um, you know, and I did that, you know, every day for a couple of years. So I was able to get pretty good when I was a junior golfer, but um, kind of lost interest in it for a little bit on my senior year in high school. So that's why I didn't play uh, college or anything. How's your game now? Uh, it, you know, it's hit or miss, man. I, I probably play five times, maybe six times a year if I'm lucky. Um, so, you know, earlier this year, I played two times. And I shot 81-81, and I was super happy with that. You know, I, I think that's really good if anybody can shoot 81. But then the next time I went out, I shot like 95. So that's, you know, it, it, golf's a frustrating game. I, I think golf's the hardest sport there is to, you know, to actually do what you're supposed to do and to shoot even par. Uh, I think it's the hardest thing in sports to do. Yeah, uh, are those? Is that on like the, some of the tracks that those pro guys are playing? No, no. These are. I think the two places I shot eighty one at were in Lexington, Kentucky, and then I shot like ninety five at the TPC Louisiana, where they have the Zurich. So uh, you know, much much easier courses in Kentucky compared to you know the tour course they played down here in Louisiana. So I know you're in New Orleans now. Is that home? Yeah, I call it New Orleans home. Yeah, I've been here about a year and a half. 
Uh, man, I, I love New Orleans. I think it's the best city in the United States. So I'm lucky I met a, a woman who lives here, and uh, you know, I love spending my free time down here. What's your favorite restaurant so far? I have, and I ask because I have ties to New Orleans, so I, I always know a few that I recommend. Yeah. Oh man, that's such a hard question. I get I get asked that all the time, and I mean, I could name off forty, fifty great places in New Orleans that are you know fantastic. But right now, I would probably say if I could pick anywhere to go to dinner, it would. Uh man, that's tough. I would say I love Clancy's. Uh, had dinner at Shia's not that long ago and it's fantastic. Um, but, and, you know, I actually, I think a, about a month and a half ago, me and my girlfriend went to, uh, Galatoire's for Friday lunch. And it was a, you know, it, it's a spectacle. If you know anything about Galatoire's and Friday lunch, it's, you know, it, it's a huge party and the food's great. So, um, you know, it's one of my favorites. There's two. Uh, I'm a big fan of Yakimo's. I don't know if you've been there in the Garden District. Yeah, I, I actually live two blocks in there. Yeah, that place is pretty good. And then I always tell it people, is. man, there's a hole in the wall um, in Zachary near the airport. It's called Harbor Seafood. And I don't know why. I think it's a combination of the people, the food, the price, and, and maybe some personal memories. But that, that place is unbelievable, man. It, it's as good a seafood as I've ever had. Yeah, I remember you uh, You mentioned it to me on Instagram a couple of days ago. I haven't been there, but I'll definitely give it a shot for yep. sure. Uh, the, the alligator cheesecake at Giacomo's. You a big fan? Yeah, I've had it. Um, I don't think I've had anything at Giacomo's I didn't like. Yeah, no doubt. Man, I, I can say that about a lot of places down here. And it's, it's one of those places, too. The inside is just as Louisiana as the outside is. It's just a neat, neat Oh, yeah, place. absolutely. Um, that kind of leads to another topic i wanted to get to i was doing some research and found um caddytravels.com yeah yeah can you tell us what caddy travels is absolutely you know caddy travels i started up uh july i think 28th of last year and i, I pretty much just do airline and hotel reviews um you know i spend close to 150 days or so in hotels a year and i and i'll fly a ton and uh you know i'm and I'm big into hotel and airline loyalty points, credit card points, you know, and I've got to stay at some incredible places and fly, you know, some of the best airlines in the world in first class for free. And um, one of the main reasons why I started Caddy Travels is because, you know, I'm sitting in hotels all the time and I'm looking at reviews, you know, I want to see reviews of these places before I stay there. And every, every review I see, you know, they're terrible reviews, you know, they, they don't hit on things that should be hit on. The photos are terrible. And I was like, man, I could do a way better job at reviewing these places. So that's pretty much what got me started on Caddy Travels. You know, I, I want to put good hotel reviews out there. Uh, and I do airlines too, but, you know, uh, not that often. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to do a Delta first class domestic. You know, most people, you know, if you fly, you've either walked through Delta first class or, you know, you, you've flown it once or twice. But uh, I, I've had... I mean, my, the best flight I've done is it, it's tough. probably Singapore Airlines first class or Emirates first class. Uh, but that's, you know, and, and as uh, Caddy Travels progress, I ended up, you know, trying to throw a couple more things in there. Like uh, I do a, a travel talk, which I've only done one. But pretty much, you know, it's kind of a thing I, I want to focus on, you know, asking golfers how they travel, you know, because, um, you know, they travel just as much as I do. So, 
you know, I, I just, you know, simple question, you know, if they're a win, window or owl guy, what they drink, you know, things like that. Just, you know, some fun questions to kind of mess around with them. Uh, but that's, you know, that's pretty much uh, caddy travels. And I'm working on a couple other things right now, but, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll get those working here in the next few weeks. I guess you bring up a good point. Obviously, we know like Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and all those guys are flying around on private jets. How, how does the average kind of middling tour pro travel event to event? Yeah, you know, 99% of the, the PGA Tour golfers, they're, they're flying domestic. You know, the top guys, you know, who are making, you know, three, four, five million dollars. Obviously, you know, they have deals with Wills Up and NetJet. So a lot of times they get private flights. But, you know, most most of those guys fly like we all do, you know. Most of them fly, you know, in economy, and, you know, some get, you know, first class. But, you know, I'm sure you could probably find them on any flight, you know, you, you fly. So, um, and, and it's funny, you know, I, I'm i big into loyalty points and uh, status with hotels and airlines. So, you know, it's funny when I'm sitting in first class because I got upgraded because I have good status with Delta and, it's you know, I could watch a pro walk by, you know, walk by me and into con me. So it's pretty <laughs> funny when that happens. I, I have a little side story. This was a year and a half ago. My buddy got married in West Palm just outside of Jupiter and all that. And uh, we actually flew into the West Palm airport. And when I was boarding the plane, I was on American and at the time, I was traveling a lot for work. I had status, so I, I got priority boarding and all that. And uh, a little hungover from the night before, head down, wasn't really paying attention to the surroundings. And when, when I got in line to board the plane, I looked up, and the guy in front of me was Ben Crenshaw. And uh, <laughs> we're walking down, the, we're walking down the, the tarmac, and I said, Mr. Crenshaw, I'd kick myself if I, if I didn't at least introduce myself. And he said, well, I'm glad you did. Ask me my name. And I was actually holding the book, the match in my hand, um, and uh -huh. great book about Cyprus. And he saw it and he said, Oh, have you finished it? And I said, no, I'm a few chapters in. And so he sat and talked to me about the book. Long story short, he was like 12 a, I was like 13 D when we get off the plane yeah. where, you know, one in front of the other again, he followed me literally to the uh the the air link or whatever in the dallas airport and asked me about the book and asked me about golf and all sorts of stuff it was just a really cool kind of occurrence that happened completely randomly yeah no doubt i've always heard i've never met uh ben but i've always heard great stories about him such a such a nice guy so that was cool he was you know nice to you very much so and uh like you said flying he w said he was working on some courses uh course designs flying economy just like everybody else yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, most of the guys don't have it, you know, like the top five or 10, you know, in the world who get to fly private. So, you know, you'll, you'll, they fly just like we do. So, you know. So I guess, um, what's a week for you during the season look like when, you know, hopefully your guy makes the cut and Sunday ends, what, what's the schedule look like starting Sunday night or Monday morning? Yeah. If we're, if I'm at a tournament, we make the cut, we get done on Sunday um and we're you know going to we got a tournament the next week um you know sometimes i'll fly out sunday nights um and just go ahead and get there on monday monday is usually a travel day you know especially if you have a couple tournaments in a row um so you know i'll fly out sunday nights get there monday and kind of just take it easy on monday or you know sometimes you know especially if we had a good finish 
um, you know, you, you like to take Sunday night off and kind of, you know, have a few drinks and relax and then just fly on Monday and then start work on Tuesday. So, you know, kind of Sunday night and all day Mondays are most of the time travel days. How do, uh, how do the pros feel about the early morning Wednesday, uh, pro ams? Uh, <laughs> you know, they're, it's, it's probably half and half, you know, a lot of these guys are morning guys and the other half aren't, but you know, pro-ams aren't that bad. You know, I, I think pro-ams are better than practice rounds. Uh, practice rounds can be so long cause they're chipping all over the game, greens and they're putting a ton. And, you know, especially if you're in a foursome, I mean, it'll take all day sometimes. So pro-ams, you know, especially if you get paired up with a good group of guys who are having fun and drinking beers, you know, you could have a good time and it's not that bad. Have you ever had an amateur at least compete with your guy? No, not even close. Like there, there's very few amateurs, you know, in the world, you know, maybe 20 amateurs in the world, you know, in the, in the top rankings who can compete with, you know, tour golfers. So, you know, definitely never the the pro am guys of the tournament. They they definitely can't keep up with the with the pros. The the only reason I ask is I I did caddy. Um, did you come? Have you ever been to the Air Capital Classic in Wichita, the web event? Yeah, yeah, I have. So I'm in Wichita. Um, awesome tournament. Seventeen is rowdy. I caddied it one year for a guy who made the the Monday qualifier. And uh, on Wednesday, he had to grind like 16, 17, 18 to beat his pro-am partner. He, and he's a local guy <laughs> and a state amateur guy that wins the mid-am and now I think in the seniors. But it, it was, they were like both one under even going into 15 or 16. Nice, but he ended up clipping him at yeah, the end. he looked at me on 16. He was like, I need to get my shit together, man. This guy's like the best amateur I've ever been around. That's funny. What year did you caddy there? That would have been 2000 and, and 2010 summer. I was getting ready to go to college. So the guy's okay. name the guy's right. name was Rodney Hamblin. He played golf at Iowa State, um, and I think he bounced around some mini tours for a couple of years. And um, I think he's out at Dove Mountain or somewhere in Tucson or Scottsdale now. Nice. Yeah, that was probably a year before I was there. Uh, I think I was there in 2011. Yeah, it's a good so. event. Yeah, and I was actually there this year for uh, me. I was caddying for Will Wilcox, and uh, we went there as one of the few web events we played this year, and uh, we went for that one. Um, stayed at the Hyatt Regency. Man, that's probably the best hotel in the city, isn't it? Oh, yeah, downtown right on the river. Yeah, you know, and the first night I was there, I think I checked in on maybe Sunday, and the place was packed, but they ended up putting me in the presidential suite which is the first time a hotel's ever put me up in the presidential for free. And it was so cool. Huh. That's awesome. Love that hotel. Um, is Will, how'd you meet Will? You know, actually I met Will, um, the first web event I ever played, the one I went down to Raleigh for, uh, I got paired up with him and that was the first time I met him. But through the years, you know, I was catting for other guys that was friends with Will. So I was always around Will for a long time. And, uh, me and him ended up hooking up, uh, I think it was three years ago, in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, I was catting for somebody else, and I was coming back from dinner with a bunch of guys, and I saw Will in the lobby, and I was like, you know, you guys go ahead, I'm going to go in, just, you know, say hello to Will, say what's up. So, you know, I went in, and uh, he asked, you know, something happened with him and his catting, He's like, you know, what are you doing for next week for Pebble? I was like, well, I'm trying to get a job for Pebble. He's like, you know, you're you're pretty much hired. So 
that's how me and Will started. And, um, that was early 2014 and, or I'm sorry, 15. And then, you know, we started at Pebble and, you know, we, we killed it in 2015. So, uh, it was a good year. Uh, have you caddied in any majors? I have. I've done two U.S. Opens. I did uh, the first major I did was at the U.S. Open at Olympic Club, and I was caddying for Bryce Garnett, who's uh, killing it on the web right now. He's actually he got number one for the season, so he'll be got his uh, playing an FPJ Tour event next year, which is awesome. Glad to see it. And then last year I caddied for Andrew Landry at Oakmont. And uh, we had a good run. He's a l- short lefty guy, right? Who Landry? Yeah. No, he, he well, he's short, but he's uh, he's right-handed. Okay, he has a, sw- a sweet swing. I've seen his, I've seen him play and seen his name around. Yeah, he's killing it on the web this year. So he'll be back on the PJ Tour next year, and I'm sure we, he'll have a great year. But uh, if you remember, he he had a good showing at the U.S. Open. When I was with him, we were in the final group on Sunday, you know, which being at a, being on the final group on a Sunday at a major is pretty special stuff. Yeah, that's you bring up a good point. What's it like being inside the ropes on one that difficult of a course, but then that big of an event as well? Yeah, you know, it's for for an experienced caddy, you know, I've done tons of events. Um you know, it's, it's, I do the exact same job, whether I'm doing a web.com event or if I'm doing a major, you know, the only thing difference is the course is uh, harder and there's more people, but you know, w- once I'm in the ropes and, uh, you know, I'll start getting into my routine and, you know, thinking about what I need to think about, you know, I, I don't notice anything besides my golfer and, you know, what we need to do on the next shot. So it's, it's really not that, you know, Sure, you know, it looks big on TV, but once you're, you know, inside the ropes and focus, it's, you're doing the exact same thing you you always do. So, you know, it's, it's not that big a deal. Gotcha. You mentioned um, a guy like uh, Landry coming back to the PGA. Are there groups of guys like in the locker room that are, you know, what's the locker room atmosphere like at a PGA event? Yeah, man, I, I really don't know, you know, because they won't let caddies into the locker room, really. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I can get on I can get on Sundays afternoon, you know, to help them clean out the locker room, but uh, I really don't know what they uh, what they do in the locker room. You know, we're we're kind of shunned from the clubhouse, you know, so we got our own little area, and that's, you know, that's where we all hang out. So uh, I don't know how those guys, what they do in the locker room. What's that atmosphere like in the in the caddy shack? Uh, it, it's good. You know, if you've been out there a couple of years, you know, you pretty much know everybody. So, you know, you're just, you know, you say hello to everybody and you kind of bullshit with everybody and, you know, you eat something and then, you, you know, you wait for your pro to, to come out and, uh, you know, start working. Nice. Um, where's, so we're kind of bouncing around travel wise, favorite place you've ever been, not even golf related. Yeah, that's, uh, man. That's, you know, like I said earlier, Monterey Peninsula in California is probably my favorite place in the world. But uh, last year I went to Amsterdam and it was, it, I had such a good time. Uh, I think I was there for three days and I'd love to go back. So hopefully I'll get a chance to do that. Uh, me and my girl went to Paris uh, last winter. Uh, I love that. Um, let's see. I just got back from, or I went to Seoul couple months ago uh it was it was pretty good 
Uh, I love Hong Kong. Hong Kong's such a great city. Uh, went there last year for a few days, and I, I'd love to go back. So hopefully, I'll get a chance to do that soon. Uh, and Tokyo, man, so I, I just love Asia as a whole. Asia is such a you know it's so different than you know what we do over here and the way we act, and you know the, the culture is so different. So I, I love going anywhere in Asia. What's your uh, what's your go to credit card? Um, my go to credit card. If if there's anybody who travels and stays at hotels, you know, multiple nights, I would say the City Prestige card. Uh, for the, pretty much the main reasons because you get the fourth night free on hotel bookings that are longer than four days or you know four days and more. So you know if you you know especially caddying, you know, I'm I'm in hotels. You know I'm booking them. For six and seven uh, days in a row, so you know I'm saving you know one full night, which you know uh, could save me you know a couple couple hundred bucks a week. So I would say that one, but you know there there's several, but you know I don't think there's one specific one you know for everybody. You know it's kind of what your needs are. I'm a I'm a Chase Sapphire preferred guy. Yeah, I got that one too. Uh, you know everybody always laughs, but I have. If you've seen my, you know, if you looked on my website, I have, I think right now I have 22 credit cards. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, people are shocked when they hear that. You know, they're like, oh, my God, is, your credit must be bad, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, my credit's never been better. Um, you know, if you if you use them responsibly, you pay them off in full, uh, you could reap some huge benefits. Like I, I've took in you know, $25,000 flights before for free, you know, for like a hundred bucks. So, uh, I definitely get a lot of value out of my credit cards. We'll have to, uh, have a separate conversation. I, I, I attempted to launch a startup, um, at one point that revolved credit card usage and the misperception around, uh, what they stand for and what they mean. Like you said, as long as you're responsible and pay your bill off, um, they can do nothing but good for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, the, the credit card's kind of, you know, it, it's a game, you know, you could win or lose and you definitely don't want to lose because it will kill your credit score and, you know, uh, you know, you couldn't loan money and stuff like that. But if you do well with it, you know, you could just kill it and travel for free and stay at, you know, five star places for free. And, you know, so there's a lot of good to be had with credit cards. There's a reason they can afford to do all that. It's somebody else's fronting the bill. <laughs> that's right. Somebody's paying uh, big interest bills and uh, not paying their cards off. That's that's for sure. What's your least favorite airport? Uh, least favorite airport. That's a good question. I've never been asked that. Um, probably LAX. I mean, that place is a total disaster. Uh, it's always, it's super crowded. It's not organized well. Um, the, the whole place needs, needs some rearrangement. So I, I would say LAX. What's your favorite airport? Favorite airport? You know, I think I'm the only person who will say this because everybody says they hate it, but I love Atlanta Airport. I think it's well done. It's easy to get from terminal to terminal. They have good food options. Uh, And I'm a Delta loyalist, so I get all the the Delta lounges for free. I think they have like 12 lounges at that airport. So I can always go into a lounge and, you know, relax if I have a long layover. Uh, so I, I would say definitely Atlanta. I, as long as you're connecting through Atlanta, I think it's probably a good airport. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, it, it it sucks when you got, you know, 10 minutes to get from one terminal to another, but you know, that's just, you need to book better, I guess, you know, it's just the way it is, but it's, but it's still easy. You know, you just take the train and you're right there. I was hoping you weren't going to say O'Hare. <laughs> no, my God, that's terrible. And luckily, you know, that, that's a United hub and I hate United with a passion. So I, I rarely fly them. I've uh, never, so I'm hardly, you know, fly connecting in Chicago. I've never had luck in that airport. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be one of the worst delayed, uh, you know, flight areas in the whole United States. Do you have a, uh, a favorite airport restaurant? Uh, I would say the best one right off the top of my head is, I think it's called uh, One Flew South. It's in Atlanta Airport. Uh, it's in Terminal E, I think. Um, it's kind of sushi, but they have a lot of other things. Uh, it's definitely probably one of the best uh, airport restaurants in the whole United States. Nice. Um, I'm kind of all over the place here, but I just have a ton of things popping into my head. Where's uh, where's, yeah, the, where's the one place you haven't caddied that you'd like to? Uh, I've never caddied at uh, St. Andrews. No, I would love to go there. You know, the home of golf. I mean, who who wouldn't want to go there and caddy there or, or play there? Some, you know, I'll, I'll get there eventually, but that's the one place I probably want to get to. Have uh, you, you have any like local caddy like legendary stories? I know there's always some crazy story from back in the day about some guy. Is there any of those that stick out? Um, you know, I, I've never club caddied or you know local caddied. I I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't watch you know a twenty handicap. You know, hit you know shoot one hundred and fifteen on some course. That would drive me nuts. But uh, yeah, um, a good you know caddy story that i've um there's one that comes to mind and you know i definitely can't name any names or you know give too much info but uh there's a group in front of us he's probably three or four holes uh in front of us and i was you know we were in a practice round and i ended up you know hearing the story from another guy but so this caddy for this other golfer he had to take a shit and during the practice round so he goes over to the side of the woods and he takes a shit, and um, but I don't, you know, it doesn't work out very well. So he kind of shits on his legs, his pants, <laughs> you know. And he doesn't really have much to wipe with, so you know, he ends up getting shit on his on the golfer's bag. And uh, you know, I ended up seeing him a couple holes later, you know, and you you, she, you see the shit stain on the bag, and uh, you know that that's one of the crazier stories that I've heard, you know. But the caddy didn't really give a shit, and. Uh, you know the player was super. He's a super cool dude. Um, so I don't think he cared that much. But um, you know, I'm not sure quite how that worked out between you know him and the caddy. But uh, that's that's one of the crazier things that I've heard that's happened out there. That's a I mean, hard. You can't you you can't shit on your player's back. You know that's you, a hard one to do live down. Yeah, you're kind of in trouble after that. You're probably the butt end <laughs> of a lot of jokes after that one. Yeah, no doubt. So that that one got around pretty quick. Um, but I, I think that's pretty funny. That's that's hilarious. Um, you know, I asked a guy this question uh, that I interviewed earlier, and he played. He he's a mini tour guy, um, and I don't know which route this will go. But is there a group of guys, or is there a percentage of guys that um, like go out 
and and maybe stay out a little too late. The, in, the scene in Tin Cup comes to my mind when they stay up too late the night before the first round. Is is there guys on tour that are you know burning it down and then waking up at eight a.m. for a tea time? Um, you know I've, I've not heard too many of those stories. You know the the PJ tour; you, those guys play for so much money. Uh, you know, there's so much on the line. You, you know, you, you can make a million dollars in one week. So most of the guys, you know, they take it pretty serious. But, you know, I've not really heard anybody get too drunk on a Wednesday when they have to, you know, go play on Thursday. But maybe if they make the cuts and uh, maybe they'll they'll have some drinks on Friday, you know, and, you know, just see how the weekend goes. But, you know, honestly, I've never really heard, you know, too many bad stories from players, you know, getting drunk or something like that. Gotcha. What, um... How was I just thought of this? How was being on the bag for uh, Will's hole in one at TPC? You know, I actually wasn't caddying for Will at the time when he made the hole in one at TPC. He had, um, gosh, the the caddy's name uh, escapes me right now. But uh, me and Will was taking a break, and that's when I was caddying for Andrew Landry at the time. But um, I, you know, we've all seen the video, and, and I was super happy to to see we'll make the hole in one, and you know, it's it's worked out real well for him. So uh, it looked like a lot of fun. I wish I was there, but I but I wasn't. There, there's not many uh, more iconic holes to do it on than that one. Oh yeah, that's probably. I mean, if you're if you're going to make a hole in one at a par three, that's probably the one you want to do it at. And you know, Will did, and you know, it's. And his celebration was, you know, just as good as the hole in one. So I, I was happy to see it. Do you have a favorite hole on tour? Um, favorite hole. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's easy to say number seven at uh, Pebble Beach. You know, the the small par three, because uh, it it could be the easiest hole. On you know, on the PGA Tour, it could be one of the hardest. Uh, most of the time it's, you know, it's a gap wedge or a sand wedge for those guys. But, you know, the first year I was there, I think four or five years ago, I was getting for Andrew loop who, you know, he's a bomber. He kills it. And, uh, the wind was blowing so hard. I think we ended up hitting a knockdown seven iron. Um, uh, and it was only playing like 110 yards, but for a guy who hits a seven iron, you know, 190 yards, um, you know that's showing me how hard that hole can play sometimes. What's the uh, is what's the worst weather condition round you've caddied for? Uh oh man, that, that's an easy one. Um, on the web.com this year at Bahamas, the first Bahamas event and the first web event this year, I was with Will, and he was coming back from injury, so we wanted to do a couple webs just to try to get back in the flow of things. And man, the the weather was so bad. If you know if you're if you watched that one at all or uh, followed it, I mean, we had gusts probably 60, 50, 60 miles an hour. You know, we're, we're trying to hit knockdown four irons, you know, 130 yards. Um, it, it was crazy. I mean, our, you know, the hats were blowing off. It was, I mean, it was raining a little bit, but there was no way you could keep an umbrella just because the wind was blowing so hard. Uh, it was, it was probably the worst weather for sure. What did he shoot that day? Uh, I don't know. I think it was like 81 maybe, or I, I hate to say it, maybe it was, you know, between 78 and 81, 82, I think. Uh, and that was close to par for, for the day. So, uh, you know, he, he had a good front nine, but once we got to that back nine on the ocean, 
it, it was it was so hard. The thing with the wind too is it it's like it's just mad at you and you finally just give into it. It it doesn't leave you alone and it's just hard to do for eighteen holes. Oh no doubt, man. It you know, caddying you know physically it's you know if you've done it a bunch it, it's easy for us to do. But you know sometimes it's a mental drain. You know when you when you you know you're you're trying your best to keep your player in it and keep him calm and you know you're dealing with the wind and you're you know calculating numbers. Uh, it, it's a long day for caddies when the weather's bad. You know, you're holding an umbrella, you got to clean balls and clubs and, you know, everything. So it, it's it's hard when, definitely when it's raining for on a caddy. Nice. Well, man, I have, I feel like I could ask you questions all day. It's just super intriguing to me. Um, but I have a couple that I ask everybody uh, and being a sports guy yourself, favorite sports moment that you've ever competed in or participated in? Um, oh man, I, I would have to say, you know, I, it's, it's great to be in the, the last group of the U S open on the Sunday, you know, just to get those juices flowing and, you know, you feel the vibe from the crowd, but probably my favorite one was when I was standing for Andrew Luke, uh, we were, he was on the web.com. We were trying to get his PJ tour card and we we're at the last event. It was the tour championship. Uh, during the playoffs of the web and uh we we had to finish like five for six or better to get his car a pj tour card for that year and uh we were right there the whole 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 week and um we ended up doing it on sunday i can't remember what we shot but he he ended up tied for six and that got his pj tour cards you know and i hadn't been to the pj tours you know before that so that was kind of you know, like my graduation too, and you know, seeing seeing Loop up on stage, you know, getting his uh, PJ Tour card was pretty special. That's awesome. Um, and then, favorite sports moment you've ever witnessed? Period. I would have man. I'm a big uh, New England Patriots fan, and watching the Super Bowl the last year, uh, got you know, I watched the whole thing, and you know, I kind of wrote us off. I, I was. You know, we, we were down so much, but to see those guys come back and, and win the championship, I, you know, it's hard to put into words, you know, if, you know, what that felt like and to see those guys actually get the win. Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. It's funny you say that. I think the guest, my last guest, uh, his name's Mike Wolf. He plays mini tours down in Florida. I think he said the exact same thing. And yeah, you know, if you're a Patriots fan, that's got to be, you know, one of the best sports memories of all time. And I put this out there when I was talking to him. I, I, I won't say that I predicted it, but I did lean over to, it was my fiance at the time, now my wife and say, uh, if anybody's going to lead this team back, it's going to be Tom Brady. And I think they'll have a chance to win it. And of, <laughs> of course she kind of was had, like 28 to three. You had more hope than I did. Cause I was, once I think third quarter, I was like, "There's just no way they could possibly do this," but man, they they did, and it was you know it was so crazy. I think I had a little money on the line, so I think it was more my wallet talking than common sense. But... <laughs> right on. Well, you did good then. They you ended up co- not only did they come back, they ended up covering somehow. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, no, man, I appreciate it. Um, this was awesome. It's it's unique for me. Like I said, it's it's an opportunity co- to connect with people with common interest and, and really, you know, the game of golf kind of ties a lot of different people together, but, uh, you have some neat, unique perspectives. So I appreciate you kind of sharing your story. 
Yeah, no doubt, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I was, you know, I was looking forward to this for a couple of days, so it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yep, we'll have to stay in touch if you uh, if you find yourself in Wichita or if I find myself in New Orleans. You've got a uh, a couple drinks and a round of golf on me, man. Yeah, right on. I appreciate that, and I look forward to getting the shirts, man. I, I do appreciate you sending the shirts, and I will definitely rock them. They go. They went out yesterday uh, with the holiday and all that. You might not get them till next week or something, but. Uh, that was just the first run. Um, I actually have, I've kind of held off on promoting it too heavily, um, but we ha- I have a designer finishing up the brand and the website and a few other things and uh, kind of going to give this whole thing a shot here in the next couple weeks. So, Yeah, right on, man. I, I wish you luck. The the One Nation Under Par, that's, uh, that's clever. I, I dig it. So uh, hopefully, you know, it, it blows up for you. Good deal, man. Well, again, I appreciate your time and uh, I look forward to following you guys. Yeah, right on, man. Thank you. Yep, see you, brother. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the Low Side Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, feedback, criticisms, uh, please reach out to me. My email address is michael at lowsidegolf.com. I would love to hear what anybody who listened thought and any way we can do better. And lastly, if you have a guest or or would like to be a guest, please reach out to me. Uh, We're looking for as many interesting people and interesting stories to tell as possible. Um, Not always around golf, um, but but usually with some bit of golf thrown in the middle. So uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.